Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Trevor Storm, from Ref the District, full press coverage, and right here on FGT. Hey, how you doing, Trevor? What up, Hakun, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? <laughs> I am doing great. And, of course, um, Blog Talk Radio was to blame for us being off the air last yesterday, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in today instead. And, of course... Two minutes prior, we went and did a sound check, and of course, my sound check was nil. So, we pulled it together, guys. That's what we did. We pulled it together. We were really great under pressure, Trev and I, and we managed to make it happen. So, kudos to us, Trev. Kudos to us. Hey, man, that's right. We come working fun. under pressure. <laughs> we, we, we take pressure better than Brett Maher, don't we? I mean, I think yeah, that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, that's a cheap shot. I'm sorry, Brett. We, know, we don't know how hard it is to kick those, those extra points. Although they should be automatic, missing four in a row is a little bit rough. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Hey, Trev, did you know that uh, Football Garbage Time, the site, is now celebrating its eighth year anniversary? Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah, eighth year anniversary. Yeah, we started in uh, January 2015. And actually, I was looking back to see what other big things happened in 2015. And um, and this was the top in the top ten. Uh, number one was Left Shark. Do you remember Left Shark from the Super Bowl? Um, no. Okay, so like um, it was like Katy Perry uh, that was in the halftime show, and there okay. were two guys dressed up as sharks next to her, and one guy clearly didn't get the memo on the uh, on what he was supposed to be doing, so he was just kind of doing his own thing on the side, totally not doing any of the choreography, he just kind of bumbling around the stage, and everybody <laughs> it was the guy on the left. And everybody should just go ahead and check it out. I mean, the performance itself is whatever. Who cares? Uh, and Super Bowl, yeah, you know, we all love Super Bowls and everything. But Left Shark was amazing. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing my own thing. I'm cutting my own path, man. <laughs> you know, I got a shark outfit. I am on national television. It is all eyes on me. That's what he said to himself that day. That's right. The other thing that I saw that was big was Drake's Hotline Bling video. Do you remember Drake's Hotline Bling video? Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that was apparently iconic. And... It was one. It was number two in the top things that happened in 2015 because there were so many memes about you know his dance moves, yeah. which honestly are better than my dance moves. So you know I really can't. <laughs> How about you? I don't know. Do you think you could beat him if you could do uh, you versus Drake? I can give a run for his money. But I don't know about beating him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do that when we go video. We'll do a, a Trev versus Drake uh, dance go. off. Yeah, I think that's, gonna, that's the way we're going to start this. <laughs> so we might not have been the biggest thing in 2015, uh, but we were a thing in 2015. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Eight years has been fantastic. And we got plenty to talk about tonight, including Super Wild Card Weekend, all the divisional playoff games, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, and much more. So let's get this rolling. Hey, so let's start with Super Wild Card Weekend, which was super wild <laughs> for the most part, yeah, it was. except for the last game. I mean, it wasn't was it just me, or by the time you got to that last game, where you're like, you know, almost anything was going to be a letdown, 
But this ended up being the biggest letdown of all time yeah, in terms yeah. of the game itself, right? You know, yeah. after all that excitement. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's very, very disappointing. Yeah, well, Tommy, uh, Tommy Brady just did not come through and made the I mean, at the worst possible at the worst possible time. And unfortunately, the Cowboys went ahead and destroyed them, absolutely dominated them in all phases of the game. But that being said, let's go back to the very first game of the Wild Super Wild Card Weekend. That was the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks uh, managed to get themselves beat beat up in the second half. It was a pretty close first half. Uh, 16 to 17 Seahawks have a narrow one-point lead, but then the second half was a totally different story, and the 49ers absolutely took care of business, 41 to 23. What are your thoughts here on the first Super Bowl, uh, Super Wild Card Weekend game here? Any thoughts on how they performed and the outcome of the game? Uh, yeah, I thought that it was actually, you know, pretty exciting. Um, I'm sorry, my cat just distracted me, so I, I, I <laughs> hey, so, why don't you get the cat a mic, man? That's what your this, cat's saying. Was, yeah, um, I mean, I thought, you know, Seattle, you know, if I was give them, I mean, they did what I expect them to do. Um, they came out, put up a great fight at the beginning, but San Francisco is just way, way too much for them. They've already seen them yeah. twice early in the year, so they already had their MO pretty much for this third game. Um, but that was going to be, you know, a little bit more of a dogfight since it was a division game. But San Francisco was just the, the superior team. They have it on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Gino was having a great, great year, but at the end of the day, yeah. he's Gino Smith. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> um, not saying he's not a starter because he's definitely a starter, but he's not what everybody expected him to be. But so. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good game for the most part, but San Francisco was too much to handle. Yeah, and what I think is interesting, though, is, of course, you know, uh, Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback, he was 23 years and 18 days old as of the time of that game. That makes him the youngest wow. player in NFL postseason history to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game. 300 yards and three yeah. touchdowns. That's amazing. And on top of that, he's the first seventh-round rookie quarterback to win an NFL playoff game as a starter. And I think it goes without saying he's probably one of the most successful Mr. Irrelevance uh, of all time. So, I mean, that's just impressive what Brock Purdy's been able to do, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. It gives me hope for my Washington commanders, the young quarterback, but that's neither here or there, but yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) It's true. I mean, it's kind of interesting if you think about it, because Skylar, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but Skylar Thompson started for the dolphins. He also was drafted in the seventh round, but before Brock Purdy, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What were they thinking? Obviously, know, take Brock Purdy was the was the steal of the draft at this point. Uh, interestingly, um, the person he surpassed um, in terms of yards and touchdowns in a game as a uh, as a 23 year old and 18 year old, you know, being the youngest to ever do that, the person he surpassed was Dan Marino of the Miami wow. Dolphins, who was Purdy's childhood hero, and he's the reason why Purdy wears number 13. So isn't that cool? I thought that was kind of, you know, that's kind of a nice story. Yeah, it's a nice full circle moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. We love to hear those things. And, of course, you know, I I don't have a dog in this fight. So, hey, go go Brock Purdy. Go 49ers. All right, let's talk to them about the next game. So this was also really super interesting because the Chargers and the Jaguars was a complete tale of two halves. Um, You know, I think the lesson we all learn here is don't bet against sunshine. Trevor Lawrence doesn't lose on Saturdays, okay? He's never Mm -hmm. lost on Saturday in high school. He's never lost on a Saturday at Clemson, and he's not lost on a Saturday in the NFL. He manufactures out of thin air a miraculous comeback from being down 27-0 
to win 31-30 of a last-second field goal. Um, Chargers were favored by one and a half. They blew the 27-point lead, the spread, and the game. This is the third-largest comeback in postseason history, the 27-point comeback. And the, the only comebacks that were bigger than that, 2013 Colts, 28-point comeback over the Chiefs, and the 1992 Bills, 32-point comeback over the Oilers. So what do you think about this game here, Trev? What are your thoughts? The Chargers, man. You got <laughs> you to you question Brandon Staley. And not just yeah. this game, but you got to question his his game before this and his season before this. Uh, yep. You know, the, the questionable fourth down calls he's yes. made since he's been the head coach. And then um, you lose this game after being up 27 nothing at halftime. Austin Eckler is your running back. He's a pro bowler. He is a yeah. go-getter. He is your you know, one of your weapons, and you give the ball to him eight times the entire second half. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Brutal. Um, and you play all your starters in a meaningless game against the Broncos the week before when you've already made the playoffs. Doesn't really matter about that game. And you lose right. Mike Williams for this game. And you've had yeah. Keenan Allen who's been banged up all year. So it's just like, I mean, it's, it's just wild. You, it's just inexcusable. You're up 20 right. seconds, nothing. There's no way you should let a team led by a second-year quarterback, which pretty much is a rookie, because I don't count his first year under Urban Meyer. It's just that just doesn't count in my book. But <laughs> right, he might have no. set him back. He might have made him a yeah. like a level zero or like a minus one or something. You know, uh, and so it's, just, it's Brandon Staley. You got to take a look at him. I know they just yeah, fired crazy. off later, but Brandon Staley's got to be looked at harder than that. You know, and it's interesting because the Chargers. In the uh, in the first half, they had 27 points. In the second half, just three. And as you yeah. mentioned, Chargers All-Pro running back Austin Eckler, the leading running back in the league in terms of total yards last season, wow. had 31 rush yards and the two touchdowns in the first half, and just four yards, and that's it in the second half. I mean, there is something wrong with that game plan, right? I mean, there's something totally wrong. I mean, Trevor Lawrence also, I mean, listen, I, I'm not a Trevor Lawrence fan, but Let's give him credit where credit's due. He had 30 passing yards and four interceptions in the first 28 minutes of the game. In the last 32 minutes of the game, 250 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, if that isn't addressing adversity, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know, I mean, that Me is either, yeah. amazing. No Absolutely amazing. I, I thought he was just shell-shocked out of his league, moment too big for him, and he, he turned it around and, you know, give credit you know where credit's due. He managed to bring that all the way back. So, Kudos I mean, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know. It, it's rough for the OC of the Chargers who just got let go because, you know, you have Justin Herbert, you have all those weapons, and you guys pretty much score points all year long. Like, you at least average at least 20-some points a game. Right. And then the game where you decide not to run as much cost you your postseason ends up costing your job. It's yeah. like, ah, it's tough because Brandon Staley is there too. And right. like right. they can score points. They just don't know how to finish out games or close games when they have the lead or they score more of the other team. They let the other team come back. So it's kind of a shaky, weird move to fire off an offensive coordinator. Sounds like a defensive coordinator needs to be looked at as well. Because I totally I mean, agree with that. The offense is scoring points, but it's not their job to play defense if they're playing offense, you know? So Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, Oh. I agree. The offense was entirely too conservative in the second half, but the defense let the Jaguars back into this game yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's move on to the next game here, and that is the Dolphins and Bills, which I thought was going to be a snoozer with a spread of 13.5 mm-hmm. for the Bills. Yeah. Ended up not at all <laughs> being a snoozer. 
Bills 34 to 31, much closer than the spread. I mean, there are a lot of issues here, I thought, with regard to why this happened. I mean, I think there was some bad coaching. There were some very bad timeouts taken by head coach Sean McDermott, at least three that I counted. And mm-hmm. John and Josh Allen, uh, obviously, two interceptions and a fumble that resulted in a scoop and score touchdown, obviously, is a problem. And the Dolphins, man, they were playing above their head. I mean, they were just out of their minds, doing a great job with behind seventh round drafted rookie quarterback, Skylar Thompson made mm-hmm. really good decisions for a guy who only had really two starts in his career, but, uh, but for one critical interception late in the third quarter, uh, it was a nail biter. So what do you think about this game? What does it tell us about the bills? I think the bills are a little more vulnerable than everybody thinks they are. Um, and they've yeah. kind of been like that all season They're I don't know what it is. They're always a, a Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season. Uh-huh. And they always, you know, before the bye, they're always kicking everybody's butt by three scores or more. And then after the bye, they just seem to always play it down to the level of their competition. Like, I feel like when they went up by two or three scores in this game, they kind of let the foot off the gas. They realized it was Skylar Thompson. We don't have to play as hard. He'll beat himself. And he right. surprised everybody and made it a game. And yep. I think when that happens, Josh Allen becomes, uh, he becomes way more careless with the ball. Uh, he's turned into like a many turnover machine here lately, ever since that yeah. elbow injury, shoulder injury. Um, right. So I just feel like, you know, they just got to keep that mentality going. Like, once you have the lead, don't let the foot off the gas. Keep it going until you're least up by maybe four or five scores, then take it off. Because these, right. these teams that you are overlooking are scrappy. And they're fighting for pretty much their season and their careers and stuff. And, you know, they're always picked up the underdogs, so you should never take them lightly or else you might, might get sucker punched and turn around and lose this game. So, yep. I mean, it's just it's tough. Yeah, the weapons are there. You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, Skylar Thompson, obviously, he's no Brock Purdy. <laughs> right. And he's clearly not Tua. But that being said, you know, you got Tyreek Hill there. You got Waddle there. Um, you know, you got um, Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, it, you got weapons. Even Gusecki became relevant in this game. I mean, you got weapons around you. So, you know, you, sure. get, you play a good game manager downs and you, you keep sustained drives. And it's amazing what you can do, you know. And I think that's something. And I have to say, you know, um, and I mentioned this earlier, there were some bad timeouts called here by Sean McDermott at the end of the second half with seven seconds left. He called a timeout to look at an incomplete pass in the end zone, which was clearly incomplete if he actually saw the real replay. Someone should have actually probably called down and told him not to do that. That right. cost them an opportunity for a shot at the end zone. They had to settle for a field goal at the end of the half. It also, there were uh, a couple other ones that I thought were very, very questionable. Um, there was a, a call. He called one on uh, second and long when they're in the, when Dolphins are in the red zone. If they let it play out, they would have stopped them in the backfield, would have led to a third and long. Instead, the Dolphins complete a long pass and get a touchdown on that. I'm sure that, I mean, again, bad, bad, uh, bad timeouts. And finally, the Dolphins were going for it on fourth and six on their own 30-yard line. He called the timeout at the last second. I'm not sure why. They had the right coverage, and it would have been a turnover and downs. Instead, they punted and pinned the Bills back at the 10-yard line. So I'm just saying there, there were some bad moves uh, by head coach Sean McDermott as well. It wasn't just uh, on Josh Allen. It wasn't just on you know defense. And give credit where credit's due. Again, Dolphins played above their heads and uh, made it the game. That was very that was a really exciting way to start. I was expecting that to be a nothing game. Let's go on to the next one. That's the Giants and the Vikings. Giants managed to pull this one out, 31 to 24. Really interesting game. Although I've said and you've said all year round that the Vikings are the most vulnerable three-loss mm-hmm. team 
in all of football, right? I mean, they had 11 games in which they won by one score or less, and they had to come back and win those many times. And I've always said that, listen, that's fantastic that you work well under adversity, but you put yourself in that situation to begin with. So you clearly aren't that good. Uh, What are your thoughts here? What does this tell us about the Vikings and the Giants? Um, The Vikings, who we thought they were, you know, frauds. Um, eventually that last minute, last fourth quarter comeback magic was going to run out. It just sucks yeah. to happen to run out in the playoffs. But I mean, that's what you, I mean, you got Kirk Cousins. That's what you kind of have to expect when you have him back <laughs> there. Quarterback. He, he cannot deliver when it counts the most. I mean, yeah, those mm-hmm. games count the most. They got him a nice seed in the playoffs and home field, you know, but this and that. But also, he's lost, he's lost a lot of those crunch time, prime time, clutch games, too. He's made bonehead mistakes. So it's kind of what you expect with Kirk Cousins and the Giants, man. Brian Dabble, Wink Martindale, tremendous job what they've done in New York. Um, they've always been a scrappy team, but they've done something to the, to those boys over there in New York that have gotten them to believe that they can beat anybody, and they've started mm-hmm. to show that right now by making it to the playoffs and beating Minnesota for what it's worth. So, yeah, hey, I, I hate to say it, they're my division. <laughs> and uh, but the Giants are scrappy, and and they're you know they got the dub. They pulled out the end. Yeah, you know Daniel Jones. Um, I you know didn't believe in him this year. I've never no. believed in Daniel Jones really, but oh. but this is a whole different side of him. And they've become in this. I I know this was part of the plan, but I knew I always thought they're just going to continue to just anchor themselves to Saquon Barkley, which is not a bad anchor and just pass yeah. when they need to. But they've become a pass-first team, run second, and it's working right now. Um, it's shocking to me because they got a cast of characters in the receiving core that I, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> what the heck, yeah, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Kenny Galladay scored his first touchdown in the Milan's game last week. Like, oh, he's still there? Like, I forgot Kenny Galladay was even in the league, you know? I, <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's like, it's like, uh, it's really, it's really kind of crazy if you think about what has happened uh, with that team, because, you know, you think, well, you know, they're so, they're so much in, they're invested in Saquon Barkley. They're just going to keep doing that. And that's going to be it. You know, what's interesting is that their leading receiver in the game was Isaiah Hodgins. And that's, that's the first time he's done this. He had eight receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown, nine targets. I mean, he had hands that, you know, he didn't drop anything. He was waived by the Bills just like a month and a half ago. So, wow. Right? Isn't that crazy? I, wow. I, I didn't, you know, I did not realize that because I don't think I followed exactly that receiving core that closely. I mean, a receiving core that consists of Darius Slayton, Richie James, you know, and right. other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It didn't make me feel like I really wanted to pay attention. But Isaiah Hodgins, man, good for him. Good for yeah. him. Getting waived by the Bills, and maybe he gets a chance to get revenge. I don't, I don't think the Giants will get that far, but, nah. it, you know, look at that. Good for him. I'm mm-hmm. glad to see that happen there with um, the Giants. Let's go on to the next game. Let's talk about the Ravens and Bengals. This is another one that I thought would be a snooze fest. Ended up being a nail-biter, and the Bengals ended up winning this not because of their offense, but because of their defense in the mm-hmm. most in the craziest possible way. With the game tied at 11:29 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Ravens on the one-yard line, ready to score a touchdown, take and take the lead. Jermaine Pratt stood Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley up at the goal line in an attempt to quarterback sneak over the top. Logan Wilson knocked the ball away directly into Sam Hubbard's arms, 
and he runs it back 98 yards to score a touchdown, which ended up being the difference maker in the game. It was the longest fumble return for touchdown in NFL playoff history. And in fact, was the longest play of any kind in NFL playoff history. The longest play of any kind. Offense, defense, special teams, longest play. Yeah, believe it or not, not, I didn't realize that. Longest play of any kind in NFL playoff history, 98-yard return for a touchdown. So there you go. What did this tell you about the Bengals and the Ravens? Man, that was – I'm like you. I was expecting it to be a snooze fest. No Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley has been worse this year than he was last year. I thought he was a great backup last year, pretty much. I was advocating to come to Washington as a backup last year because he was so well. Um, he did so well, but yeah, man, that's, that's nuts that the nine, that fumble return was the longest play in NFL postseason history. That's pretty yeah, wild. Right? That's um, crazy. Yeah. Ravens defense is, is really good. They're underrated. They might not have the names that pop out on the, on the paper as much, but their, their defense is really good, but that's just, you can just tell the difference when Lamar Jackson's there when he's not. Right. And I think that's, that's the true. difference maker. I know the fumble return was a difference, but the difference maker was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, if he right. was in that game and it played out the same way, he probably would have scored instead of, you know, Tyler Huntley fumbling. Lamar would have scored there and they probably would have won. It would have been a different game. Um, we saw Tyler Huntley try to do a couple of things and scramble out of the pocket a little bit. He's just it's not Lamar Jackson, you know. So it's, Right, right. And, Lamar Jackson would have naked bootlegged that into the corner and beat oh, everybody sure. at the edge. Yeah. Easy. Oh, Easy. No sure. one would have touched him. No one would have touched him. No they got lucky with that one. They got they right. got they got lucky because they did not impress me at all. Joe Burrow did not impress me. Yeah. Um, they really did not show me anything like they are a defending AFC champion from last year. So um, yeah. they got away with one thanks to no Lamar. So we'll see what happens this Sunday. But you know what's interesting is everyone t- threw Tyler Huntley under the bus <laughs> right afterwards. Like J.K. Dobbins said, they should have handed him the ball instead of Huntley. Yeah. And John Harbaugh saying that Huntley screwed up the play because it was designed for him to go low, not high over the top. I mean, like, give me a break, guys. Like, who, who, what is this? It's not yeah. me thing, you know? What? Oh, my gosh. I mean, give me a break. It's, it, was a, it was a fluke play, right? I give credit exactly. to the Cincinnati Bengals, but it was a fluke play that ended up falling in the Bengals' favor. And good for them for taking advantage of that. I, I think John Harbaugh is also to blame here. He had some mind-boggling clock management at the end of the game. You know, yes. two minutes left. He yes. didn't call a timeout. He had two timeouts. Oh. Right. I yeah, that. that was crazy. He didn't call a timeout until there was eight seconds left on third and 20. I mean, I mean, give me a freaking break, dude. <laughs> 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 that that no. timeout is worthless. You know, you had a chance yeah, to stop the yeah. clock earlier and actually give your chance, give your team a chance to put, draw up a play and get there. I know you don't want to give the Bengals another uh, opportunity to score, but they haven't been scoring. So uh, I don't know what he was thinking. So that was obviously a problem. Cincinnati, <laughs> They win nine straight games. That's a franchise record. They also win a playoff games in consecutive seasons for the first time in team history. So although their performance not great, it, uh, it ended up being a good thing for them in terms of the numbers. Let's go on to the last game. That's the Cowboys v. Buccaneers. Yeah. Man, this, bit, this was a snooze fest. Yes, I mean, the was. Cowboys showed up and the Buccaneers just didn't. I mean, I just did not see this coming because Prescott was so horrible against the Washington Commanders. So apparently the Commanders are much better than we all think. Because they destroyed the Cowboys, twenty six mm-hmm. to six, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and they turn around here at the Cowboys and mm-hmm. and they just blow the Buccaneers out of the water, thirty one to fourteen. What are your thoughts here? What does this tell us about the Cowboys and the Bucks? Cowboys looked pretty good, okay. They looked pretty good, yeah. but yep, let's be honest, it's Tampa Bay, and I'm upset at myself because I picked Tampa Bay to win because me too. 
I was like, you cannot count out Tom Brady in the postseason. It's completely That's what I said. for that guy. You know, like mm-hmm. he might not go all the way, but he'll at least, you know, win the wild card now. And right. I, I was piggybacking off of the Cowboys having beat Tom Brady in seven games. Right. Um, so I was like, going off of that. Road win in 30 games, haven't done that. So I was like, Tom Brady. But I forgot that they had only won eight games in a horrible, horrible, horrible division this year. Right. Uh, and they didn't score any points at all this year in pretty much every game they played. So I don't know why I didn't pay attention to that. I went with my heart instead of with my uh, with realistic stuff. So yeah, they're just it's crazy. They're old man, it's it's wild. They're old. They're banged up. Tom Brady's yep. old. Linebackers yep. core is getting older. It looks like they're slower. The defensive backs have no continuity because everyone's hurt all year round. Julio um, yeah. Jones is old. They, yeah. Mike Evans is slower. Like it's just. They just look like an old, tired team that entire game. It looked like they were not ready to play. Yep. Well, they just looked like they were just, you know, like the old, slower team. So, yep. I don't give yeah. too much credit to Dallas. I mean, Dak did play well, but let's let's be honest, it's Tampa Bay's defense. So. Yeah, Dak definitely put on – I mean, he put on the clinic, and as he should against a bad defense, obviously there was no pass rush to speak of whatsoever. I mean, the guy was sitting there, like, frying up eggs and making toast as he was – you know, I mean, he could he could have a whole breakfast, get orange juice, coffee, and then throw the ball and still get a touchdown because there was no pressure whatsoever in the yeah. backfield there from um, the Buccaneers. Not only that, but, you know, like like you said, they look tired. Look, the interception in the end zone yeah. by Tom Brady. By the way, the first red zone interception he's thrown in his three years at Tampa Bay, it it looked like he was trying to throw it away and just didn't get the arm strength to do it. You know, exactly. I mean, he, he just flipped it, it and he turned around as if he was going to walk away to, to get another play. And it didn't get anywhere near the back of the end zone. Not even close. It's like he just threw with his eyes closed, like, Ah, screw it. I'm just going to throw it. It's like yeah, right. a bunch of balls thrown in the dirt. Ah, it was just... It just did, did not, not make... Like did not look good. Did not look yeah. good. And, uh, of course, this rolls into our uh, entirely... And, and obviously, the other thing to talk about, by the way, just as a side note, Brett Maher missing oh. four extra points, a record for extra points. Mm. Interestingly, the over-under in the game, 45.5. With all those missed extra points, total game was five. So the under gets it because Brett Meyer missed all four extra points Ooh. until that last one. That's a rough one for betters. Uh, so hope you guys all bet the under. Anyway, um, let's talk about Tom Brady just for a split second here. What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to come back or is he retiring? I think he's going to come back. I just don't think it's going to be in Tampa. Because mm-hmm. um, why would you go through all that with your – you know, outside personal life with your home, marital status, decide to keep playing rather than, you know, this happened. And then you go and, and retire after this year. It's like, so why didn't you retire yeah. last year? So right. I think, he, and the way he performed, and I know he could not, he doesn't have it in himself to end his career being remembered as you went eight and 10 as a 45 year old quarterback throwing balls in the dirt and that he wants to go out on top, at least, you know, maybe getting to the Super Bowl or, or the conference championship again. You right. know, I think that's how he wants to ride off in the sunset. So I see him have a com- at least a competitive bad beat, right? Just don't, exactly. don't go away with getting trashed like this. This just doesn't not a great look. I yeah. agree. And he in his uh last this in his last press conference uh with the Bucks, he actually at the end almost said um his thanks to the Tampa Bay organization and to mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay beat reporters. So it did sound like mm-hmm. he was looking to go elsewhere. Um 
So we'll see what happens there. All right, let's go ahead and turn the page and talk about the divisional round playoffs real quick. 4.30 p.m. this Saturday, Jaguars at Chiefs. What's the key to the game here? And pick me a winner. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win. The Jaguars have a nice run. Um, I just don't think they're ready for the Chiefs right now. Yeah, I agree. Line is eight and a half right now in favor of the Chiefs. I see the Chiefs kind of blowing them out um, at home. I think yeah. they are ready for this. They are built for this. And that's I just don't see how the Jaguars pull it out. But, hey, you know what? Maybe there's a little bit more of that. Uh, you know, they're playing on a Saturday. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got that going for them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, what about the uh, – now, this was interesting to me. Giants at Eagles, 8.15 p.m. on Fox on Saturday. What do you think about here? What's the key to the game, and who is going to be the winner? I think the key to the game is Jalen Hurts' health, honestly. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. It's a division game. Giants can easily beat them. You know, they can. It's a division game. But I think the Eagles should win. I think they will win. But Jalen Hurts is the key. Yeah, you know, I think that the, the other thing that I think uh, – I definitely think Jalen Hurts' uh, health is a big, big part of this because, as we recall, the Eagles played, um, even with Jalen Hurts not running – pretty poorly against the Giants, their mm-hmm. second and third stringers. Uh, yeah. So that's got to tell you something, right? I mean, that, that's obviously not a good thing um, mm. at this point. It does not, that is not a good thing. But I think the other thing that's really kind of uh, in question right now is the Eagles defense. I just don't know if I have a lot of confidence in the Eagles defense. And I, I think that the Giants becoming a, a pass first team can be, a, might be a problem for them. You know, it might be a problem for them. I think there's, I mean, I, they've been very good all year, and, but they've had a lot of injuries and they've been slacking recently. So I, I think there might be some questions here. I'm not 100% on board with the fact. So who do you think is going to win this game? Right now, Eagles are favorite seven and a half. Yeah, I think it's Eagles. I think they'll speak it out. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to say the Giants <laughs> have this momentum going okay. in there and the Eagles have all these questions. And they managed to upset them it, uh, it, uh, at the link. They'd be, they'd be chaos if it did. Philadelphia, they'd be, they'd be burning buildings. That's going to be wild. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty. All right, so let's go to Sunday game, 3 p.m. Bengals at Bills, just January 22nd. Right now, Buffalo is favored by five and a, five and a half. This is the game that everybody's waiting for because this is the game mm-hmm. we all watched before and we thought was going to be fireworks. And now we have this game again in a very big uh, winner-takes-all situation. What do you think, Bengals at Bills? I think the Bills, I think their, their defensive line and pass was going to be too much for the Bengals' offensive line, which is kind of hurt and depleted right now. Um, at, despite their, and going off their performances in both games, yeah, the Bills won 34-31, but they kind of won in a more dominant way than the Bengals won in, in their game with the Ravens. Like, you could mm-hmm. see – flashes of the Bills being dominant and the Bengals you really didn't. It just kind of got by by luck and, you know, this and that. So I think the Bills will squeak it out. Plus they've got, like you said, they were going to play with this the last time and that incident happened. So this might have a little bit more meaning to this or this game specifically. So I think Bills. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up in the air on this one, honestly, because quite frankly, the, the major difference to me, obviously, is if, if Joe Burrow is firing in all cylinders, he can go one for one with Josh Allen. I mean, he has the weapons around him, Jamar Chase, obviously, T. Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd, all really great weapons around him. I think the major difference is uh, at the running back position. Uh, I think Joe Mixon is a better running back 
than the combination of James Cook and Devin Singletary. I think that will make a difference in the game. I'm going to go against the grain in this one again. Yeah, I'm going to be crazy, man. I'm going to be crazy, crazy. I've had a lot of confidence in the Bengals since uh, midway through the season, and they started their eight-game, nine-game run now, but eight-game run at the time they got into the playoffs. So uh, I think they continue that streak. It'll be really interesting. But either way, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Last game of the weekend, Cowboys at 49ers. Uh, What do you think about this game? Right now, the 49ers are favored by four. Yeah, I got 49ers all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to get past that 49er defense, which is flying all over the place. They're crazy good, crazy style. And Brock Purdy, he's not Mr. Relevant anymore. He's Mr. Relevant. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And they have too many playmakers for for Dallas to stop on on offense. So I'm picking 49ers. I I agree. I think that the uh, 49ers are the most well-rounded team in the playoffs entirely Mm -hmm. in terms of defense, special teams, and offense. They got it going on all different levels. And and quite frankly, Brock Purdy, he has a great situation here because he got Christian McCaffrey back there. Elijah Mitchell has come on. Then you have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel now healthy. You got George Kittle. I mean, he and a great offensive line. So, you know, I think they have everything going for them. And you're right. That defense, is something else. It is absolutely something else. And it's the, the second best defense in the league against the rush uh, that will shut down probably Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. I continue to say is cooked. Please get him off. What yeah, are you doing? He He's cooked. Yeah. Just move on. But I, yeah. I really do. I agree with you. I think the 49ers take this one and it's all going to come down to me uh, on defense because if the Cowboys defense steps up in a big way and um, then maybe they disrupt the 49ers, but they are just so good in all phases of the game. I just don't see them losing this, particularly because the Cowboys are going to be going there on a short week. They played on Monday. They got to right. play on Sunday. They got to go cross country. I mean, they, they traveled from Dallas to Tampa. Then they got to go from Tampa to, to, to Santa Clara. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a long ass flight. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's tough. I, you know, the Cowboys are flying all over the place. 49ers are at home. They get time to prepare. Uh, I just think they're the better team all the way around. Better coach team as well. All right. Hey, let's hey. go ahead. And we made it. We, we packed in a, a wow. great load of stuff here, man. We are, we are totally awesome. This. Man. Yeah. That's, I mean, we did it. It's, oh, I'm going to hit the air horn on the show here. And we are only at 33 uh, minutes. Good for wow. us. Look at that. We are so that good. Like that. That's why people should listen to us because we pack it in, man. We don't waste time. <laughs> we get you all the critical information right up front. We're awesome at that. We are so That's good. Great. I love giving ourselves props, man. That's what I love to do. All That's right. Great. Why don't you give us uh, your social media there, man, so you can uh, so people can follow you. I'm on Twitter at TrevHTTC. I'm on uh, Instagram, Trev underscore stores. I'm part of Rusty District Podcast with Nathan the Stoner. Yes. Wednesday at 7.30, we'll be on there live tonight in about an hour, so check us out there, too. And I'm also with full press coverage, George Carmi, and right here with Hakun Long of Football that's Garbage. That's right. That's right. I didn't even give you the big intro this week. Um, I'll, I'll work on it for next week. I'll work on it for next week. we got to give you the big <laughs> WWE intro. I love that. Word. All right. So you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, FB Garbage Time and on Facebook, uh, at uh, the Football Garbage Time page. As usual, uh, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week and the divisional playoffs. Good night, guys. There's supposed to be like this ending music here, but it's just not yeah, happening. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm like, when is the music going to kick in? <laughs> it's, it's, it's programmed. It's, I see it on my board. 
There oh, it is. look at that. There it is. <laughs> Better late than never. Better late than never. All right. All right, ciao, everyone.